please to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Let's just stop there. The whole world seems to be in a hurry these days. People are busier than ever before, at times even manic. Only in this generation have we called children hyperactive. Now we have 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week shopping. Clinics are so busy it would take you a week to get a doctor's appointment. Sorry, Tony, but that's the truth. We've never had so many two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. That's even worse. I was being generous to you there. <laughs> We've never had so many time-saving devices and so little time to use the time-saving devices. Seems to be we're like hamsters on a wheel that we have to be in perpetual motion. Many people have ever went on a holiday, and after you come back from holiday, you say, I need a holiday after my holiday. You know, we, we go to relax, we say, and when we get there, we go absolutely crazy, don't we? And we come back more tired than we were before we went. That's just the way it seems to be these days. The whole there's a whole industry that's built on stress-busting techniques. Uh, and that, I mean, is everything from yoga to meditation to CDs with, with whale songs and dolphins and babbling brooks and pond pipes and all the rest of it. All of it supposedly to calm down our minds and, and make us relax more. Uh, somebody said that somebody's going to invent a microwave bed where you can get eight hours sleep in three minutes. I suspect you believe that's one of Raymond's jokes. In fact, it is one of Raymond's jokes. <laughs> Who else would even think of one of them jokes? But there you go. And this is the spirit of the age that we're living in. We constantly are being pushed and, and driven into work, 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 and more work. Success is measured by how many hours we punch in, how many appointments are in our diaries, and life has become aware, it's become a flash, a flurry, and we have spread ourselves so thin that we're a mile wide and we're a foot deep. Now, is there not a danger that even we as believers spread ourselves too thin? that we become spiritual jack-of-all-trades and master of none. And so by the time our day or our week is over, how much time has counted for eternity? How much of it has been Martha? How much has it been Mary? Have we chosen the good part? So often I hear believers say, well, you know, Pastor... I work so hard all week, and you know, and, and life is so busy, busy, busy. I've got the family, I've got my job, I've got my career, I've got my studies, I've got this, I've got that, the other. And by the time the weekend comes, I'm exhausted. I'm absolutely just nagged when the weekend comes, and I need some rest. Well, I've got a news flash for you. Sunday is not the weekend. Sunday is not the end of the week for the believer. Sunday is the first day of the week. 
And because it's the first day of the week for us, Monday's our working day, but Sunday's the first day of the week. That means that we come to the house of God. What for? For rest and for reflection and for worship corporately unto God and to be our souls to be restored. King David was a king, yet he found that he had time for green pastures and for still waters. He restores my soul, verse 3. I, I don't want to make a technical difference between spirit and soul today. Uh, I think that David is just meaning here his inner life, uh, his, his deep innermost being, just Leave it at that. He restores my soul. How do you get your soul restored, revived, and refreshed? All of us need that, don't we, from time to time. Isaiah chapter 40, towards the end of that chapter, in verse 28, it says, Have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen? Amen. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If, 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 if they wait upon the Lord, then and only then shall they renew their strength. We find a way over in Matthew's Gospel. Eleventh chapter, twenty-eighth verse. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The great preacher C.H. Spurgeon said, When the soul grows sorrowful, he revives it. When it's sinful, he sanctifies it. And when it's weak, he strengthens it. He restores my soul. I find it constantly I need my soul restored. I need my spiritual batteries recharged. Don't you find that too? It says he makes me to lie down in green pastures, pastures of tender grass, the margin says. Beloved, for us, this book, the Bible, this is our green pasture. This is where we feed. As the sheep is out in the field in the tender green grass, this is where we feed. This is our pasture. This is what we should be resting upon, the promises of God, the tender grass where we lie down and you lie down in the promises of God and it restores your soul. 
Whenever Ruth in the Old Testament, whenever she came back from the barley fields, <coughs> Naomi, her mother-in-law, said, Where hast thou gleaned today? And sometimes, often in fact, I have to ask myself that at the end of any particular day. David, where have you gleaned today? Have you gleaned in the Word of God? Have you spent some time quietly before the Lord? Where have you gleaned today? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Notice that He makes me. Only God, only our great shepherd can provide for us the green pastures. And only God can open our eyes to see the promises that He's provided for us to help us to claim them as our own and to believe His Word and to believe and trust His promise. Every time you rest upon His Word, you are resting in a green pasture. Amen? Clifford, that's old Chester, your son. I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. This man, I don't know if you noticed it, he's been coughing for weeks and weeks and weeks. He's had x-rays. They can't find anything. Why don't you reach out your hand and pray for this man? Lord, we pray for Clifford today. Lord, he needs your physical touch. He needs your healing medicine. He needs, Lord, that chest restored, revived, refreshed, healed, made whole in the name of Jesus. Lord, touch him this day. Whatever is causing it, Lord, cause it to disappear and to leave his body in the name of Jesus. Lord, we claim victory in Jesus' name. We ask for your healing touch, Lord, to come upon him and clear him and rid him, Lord, whatever is causing this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. He leads me beside the still waters, the waters of rest. Sheep don't like noisy, turbulent, fast-flowing rivers. It frightens them. And so often the shepherd would have to dam up a river a little bit in order to get a, a part that was calm so the sheep could get their drink unafraid. They need quiet places to drink. The Holy Spirit is the still water that we drink from. It's His influence, His quiet very often influences and impulses and promptings of the Holy Spirit causes us to drink of that still water. He restores my soul. In the Hebrew, and it may say in your margin, He brings my soul back. Now, sheep are not the cleverest of animals. They're not savvy like a dog or a cat or a horse. A sheep, for no apparent reason, no logical reason, no good reason, will simply just wander away from the flock. It doesn't have to see, it doesn't have to have any idea of danger until it's in the danger zone. It just wanders away. And the shepherd has to constantly watch the sheep because they're prone to wander. Are we not the same? How many times have we seen people about to go into the danger zone and they wandered away? And you try to get them back because they're heading for trouble. 
But we're like that as sheep. We're not so smart, really, truthfully. But the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus, the great shepherd and bishop of our souls. Isn't it wonderful when he brings us back? He leaves the 90 and 9 and he goes and he brings the one back, carrying him on his shoulder and says, rejoice with me. I found this lost sheep. David could write this because he was a shepherd. Many times he had to go after that one sheep that wandered away. He restores my soul. He leads me beside the still waters. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. God wants to refresh us and refresh our spirits. To refresh means to rest from labor, to lie down, to make cool, to relax, to obtain relief, to revive, to literally have personal times of revival. Now, let's be honest today, all right? No point in hiding behind math. Let's be honest. Are there not times that you can look back and say, there was a prayer back there when I was really on fire? But what am I like today? There was a time when I was really just full of the things of God. But what am I like today? There was a time I had so much energy for the kingdom of God. But what am I like today? Isn't that a sure sign that we need refreshed, that we need revived, that we need restored to some degree or other? Because in those times, that's when we're happiest, aren't they? In those times, that's when we really feel we can tackle anything. But whenever our strength is small and whenever we feel dry and whenever we feel tired, weary spiritually, that's when the enemy very often comes in, when we're weary spiritually and hits us for six. So we need to be refreshed. Just as our bodies need to be refreshed and revived, so do our souls. Spirits become weary and drained and dry and thirsty. Isaiah 44, there's a picture of refreshing. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. Then will spring up among the grass like willows. They will spring up among the grass like willows by the water courses. We need the refreshing of God. Refreshing is a work of God. I will pour water. I will pour my spirit. If God doesn't do it, it's not going to be done. That's why we have to go to Him. And we have to get in with Him. And we have to press into Him. And then when we do that, there's a refreshing that comes from God. Joel said in Joel 2, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And on my maidservants and on my manservants I will pour out my spirit in those days. Refreshing is for those who are thirsty. Several years ago, Sally and I was on holidays with another couple from London direct. Ryan Brenda Green, some of you know Ryan Brenda. And uh, we went to the airport to come back from her holiday, and it was a typical package holiday. The, the reps, once they get you 
back to the airport, and once they get you in through the, the security, that's it. They're gone. They don't want anything more to do with you whatsoever. And there was hundreds of us bunged into this building with no air con, with glass windows. And we were choking. And they ran out of drinks and coke. It was awful. Uh, and there was nowhere to sit. There was not a chair in the place. And we're sitting our backs up against walls. It was just horrendous for hours. Then we finally get onto the plane. And halfway in that flight, our friend Roy, he started to shake. And he's trying to talk to us, and his teeth was chattering. And we thought, what in the world's wrong with him? And the stewardess came and so forth, and she says, when was the last time you had a drink, sir? I said, this morning. This was mid-afternoon. I said, you're dehydrated. He says, we'll get you some water. We'll get you a drink. And after two or three drinks, he revived. And he came back to normal. And boy, were we glad, because <laughs> we hadn't a clue what was wrong with him. <coughs> Is there a doctor on board? <laughs> no. But she knew exactly what was wrong. She'd seen it so many times. And of course, whenever we come into land at Manchester, there was the, the ambulance, the fire brigade. The, they were all following the plane in. And he looks out and he says, oh, I'm so embarrassed, he says. I'm so, and they wouldn't let anybody off the plane until they come on board and talk to him. He says, I'm okay. I was just dehydrated. But just a glass of water made such a difference to his physical body. We can't live without it. Sure we can't. We need it. How much more do we need the Spirit of the living God? If our bodies need water, how much more does our spirit need the water that refreshes our souls? Psalm 42, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? As the deer pants for the water brooks, Whenever the deer was being hounded sometimes by its predators, if there was a river somewhere, it would do everything to get to that river or that brook or that pond and jump in there and try to be safe in that water. Whenever the enemy is coming against us, if ever we need it to be close to the Lord, it's at that time, isn't it? If ever we need it to press into Him, it's then, isn't it? Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I love this verse in the Living Bible, Hosea 6 and 3 in the Living Bible. Let us press on to know Him, and He will respond to us as surely as the coming of dawn or as the rain of early spring. Holy Spirit has got various manifestations of his nature and his character and his functions and often they're symbolized with things in the New Testament. Water is one of the main ones. I will pour water on him who is thirsty. Remember Jesus went up to the feast in John 7 and he says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, and those believing in him would receive. 
for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Well, Jesus has been glorified and the Spirit has been given. Amen? So he says, if you're thirsty, come unto me and drink. Water washes, it cleanses, it refreshes, it revives, it restores. We cannot live without it. 71% of this planet is covered by saltwater oceans. As far as we know, well, for sure in this part of the universe that we live in, there is no other planet on the face of this galaxy that has got surface water. We are the only ones that got surface water. And because of that, then we have condensation. We have water that rises, rises up from the sea, sucked up by the sun, forms clouds, goes over to high areas, then forms rain and drops down, goes to higher areas, forms snow and freezes, melts in the springtime, and all of that cycle that continually goes on, that's what keeps us alive in this planet. Do you ever see those photos now from NASA and from the space uh, shuttle? You, you see those photos and you see that little band around the earth. That's our atmosphere. That's what keeps us alive. Beyond that, we would die in an instant. And I mean, if you, if you reduce the, the earth down to, to a football, it would be like three coats of varnish on it. That's how thick that is. That's how close we are to oblivion. And underneath all of that is our atmosphere, is our water, is our clouds, is our river or lakes or seas. And God has shown us very clearly through all of that that we cannot live without water. And we cannot live without the water of the Holy Spirit. And so, oftentimes the Holy Spirit was manifested and shown as symbolizes water. Sometimes it was dew. Hosea 14 and 5. I will be like the dew unto Israel. What are the characteristics of dew? It refreshes, doesn't it? It replenishes. The moisture brings life to seeds that perhaps is dormant. I was watching a program a while back. I think it was one of those survivor programs. And I think it was set in some wilderness in the outbacks of Australia. And it was one of those guys, I forget his name. It wasn't Bear Grylls, it was the other one. Those of you who watched those programs, it was the other one, whoever he was. And he was out there and he was showing you how to, in a small bush or in a small tree, he says, always carry a big uh, piece of plastic, just clear plastic with you, as big as you can carry it and get it in your, in your haversack. And he says, get it out at night time and spread it on the tree because he says, the moisture and the cool air of the night will start to collect in that. And he says, by the morning time, when the sun's just coming up, You'll not have very much, but he says you'll have enough to get you a cup of water to drink. He says that may be the very thing that will keep you alive for one more day. Just a piece of plastic, but that moisture gathers. The Jew, the Jew, it's daily. It is new every morning. Isn't that what the scripture says? About the mercy of God, for instance, new every morning, great is your faithfulness. And the thing about Jew is... It's silent in its operation. It's not like the rain. It's not like the floods. And we need the rain and we need the floods. But the dew is silent. It's quiet. You can't hear it. 
but it's there. And very often times in our lives as believers, the Holy Spirit comes to us quietly. And He speaks in ways that you don't hear audible voices, but it's there. And His presence is there. And His goodness is there. And when you're sleeping in your bed at night, He's awake, blessing, looking after us. And all of that goes on silently, hardly even aware of it. Don't even think about it. But it's there. Like the Jew, it's quiet. And it comes in the stillness of the night. I said earlier about the wear of life and we need noise and we need activity and we need movement and we can't sit still and we can't stop talking and all of that. And let me tell you, in your own personal, private devotions, sometimes the best thing you can do is say nothing. Sit there quietly thinking, meditating on the Word of God and just in your heart just thanking God and just be quiet before the Lord. And when you do that, then the Holy Spirit can minister to you like the dew of heaven that comes upon your soul. Isaiah speaks of floods, something that comes suddenly. Joel speaks of rains, the former and the latter rains, which comes seasonally. And sometimes the Holy Spirit comes to us in a different way, at a different season, at different times. Hosea speaks of the Jew, which comes silently. And so the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us, who encourages us, who gives strength to our spirit and soul, sometimes He comes suddenly, sometimes it's seasonally, sometimes it's silently, but He comes. Then finally, sometimes He's symbolized by oil. He anoints my head with oil. Whenever the sheep, whenever they'd be grazing, or maybe there would be thistles or briars or whatever, their faces would get maybe scored and scraped and scratched, and they would come to the shepherd and he would take his little jar of olive oil and he would rub it in and he would pour it in and just heal up those hurts and those scars. And don't we need God to come and bring his oil to our spirits that have been hurting, that have maybe been scarred, that maybe has been broken? And we need him to pour in his oil and to touch our spirits. All of us receive hurts and pains. Things said, things done, things not said, things not done. And if we're not careful, all of those hurts and pains can accumulate and we need the Holy Spirit to come and just touch our hearts and heal our hearts. He anoints my head with oil. We need our heads anointed, don't we? I don't know what your head's like at times, but my head sometimes, I wish I could go to bed at night, screw it off and sit on the table and then put it back on in the morning again. I could get asleep some nights if I could do that. Are you like that sometimes too? Maybe you're one of these as soon as you hit the pillow. That's it. I think Clifford's like that, aren't you? He just hits the pillow and he's over in 10 seconds and that's him for 10 hours. No, 8 hours. 8 hours. 
if you're lucky, eight hours. Me, the older I get, the harder I find to sleep at night. Not that I'm on my conscience, nothing like that. It's just my head's full of stuff. And if you could just put it to one side, but you can't. You know, it's my head with oil. Sometimes I need my head anointed. I don't mean I have no brains, by the way, but sometimes I need my head anointed. Because oftentimes it's in your mind. That's where the struggle can be very often, in your head and your mind. Remember the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, how that the Samaritan found that man who was beaten, he was bruised, he was bloodied. What does the Bible say? He poured in oil and he poured in wine. Remember the wee song we used to sing, he poured in the oil and the wine, the kind that restoreth my soul. He found me bleeding and dying on the Jericho Road and he poured in the oil and the wine. And it's true. And so the Holy Spirit, our friend, our comforter, the one called alongside to help us, the Bible says, he wants to pour in into our hearts, into our spirits, to our innermost being. Or perhaps today you feel tired and weary and bruised and beaten and broken. And he wants to revive your spirit. He wants to refresh your soul. He wants to lift you up and encourage you and bless you and strengthen you for all the days that lie ahead. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we pray for all of those today, even in this room today. Lord, inside are struggling. Maybe outside there's a smile, but inside, Lord, they're struggling. Maybe, Lord, there's an appearance outside that everything's well, everything's going great, but inside they're struggling. Lord, today, by your Spirit, would you touch those hearts today? Would you come with the oil and the wine? And pour in and give that strength that they need. Lord, would you heal those wounds and the hurts and the fears? And Lord, would you minister your grace and would you touch their lives? Lord, that they may leave this place encouraged today, knowing that God will send his Holy Spirit and move and touch and restore and revive and refresh. Lord, we thank you for this today. And we'll trust in your promises. Lord, that will be our green pasture today. That's where we will lie down in. We'll lie down in the promises of God and we'll rise up in new strength with new energy and life that only the Spirit can give. So we give you thanks for this. In Jesus' name.